Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. Becca, once newbie and now experienced enforcer, she's hatched out of her egg and manages business with authority and a smile. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello, everybody. This is the BBC Between Both Cheeks. Yes, we mean those cheeks. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Between Both Cheeks and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, or wherever you tune into your favorite show. This morning, I have the enforcer Becca with us, and I also have our spicy Italian, Ashley. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? It's been so long since Ashley's been on the podcast. I I feel like it's been a lifetime, and yet I feel like it's been a blink. (laughs) The days are long and the years are short. That's yeah, exactly. Say, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I wanted to jump into our topic right away because we are on another hiring spree in Las Vegas. So today I want to talk about hiring and what that looks like and how you guys hire, how we hire, what is the protocol? Um, something that I ran into recently was I expected my manager to know how to hire and conduct interviews. Um, and that kind of, that kind of blew up in my face where I was like, oh, I haven't taught her anything or we haven't taught her anything. Um, and I think when you have been in a, in a business hiring people for so long, it's just, you just assume people know how to do it. Um, and then I kind of put myself back in my early twenties hiring, like doing interviews. And I was like, I was so petrified. So why didn't I kind of put that expectation out there? Why didn't I train this? And why don't I have a protocol for it? Yeah. And everyone kind of does it differently. So um, I'm going to start with Ash because Ash, you, you had your own business. So, and you obviously were, you know, manager at wax for a while, you managed other salons. Um, your role right now as a trainer, I don't know if you help or assist with hiring in your current role, but tell us how you hire. I think hiring has changed significantly in, in say the past decade, at least maybe even in less time, but I feel it's almost as much as you're interviewing your candidate, they're almost interviewing you at the same time now. And I don't know whether it's this whole millennial concept of the entitlement and knowing your worth and, and however else you want to put that. But I find that you get, you didn't used to get asked a whole lot of questions in an interview process. So starting from the beginning, I think it's super important to make sure you have a list of questions written out Mm -hmm. and you know, the type of candidate that you're looking for and you know, the qualities that you're looking for. But I also think it's important to keep an open mind because I will Mm -hmm. say I have been pleasantly surprised a number of times from just being like, you know what? their resume is not exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm going to interview them anyway, just to see. 
Because sometimes people's open-mindedness and willingness to learn new skills or Mm -hmm. just their disposition of a person in general just clicks with the team that already exists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's more important than a complete skill set, depending on what the job is. Um, You can teach people a lot, Mm -hmm. especially in the aesthetic world or the beauty world. You can teach them a lot. They maybe only have a little bit of experience and you can teach them what you need to, or you can give them the skill set needed. I look at it. It's funny. You can't teach somebody common sense. I find that's one of those things that you just can't teach people. And I'm going to use a really funny example that is going to kind of take us a little bit off topic, but I don't do that at all. Right. (laughs) Um, But I was just recently at home hardware and they make you line up outside. We're still in shutdown mode in Ontario. So you can't go into a store. You can't really do anything. And I find the whole online process of placing your order and then waiting. If you want something right away, it's hard to do. But you can go and line up outside the home hardware and somebody will come out and, you know, and take your order, go inside, pick what you need, and then bring you a debit card outside or debit machine outside and you can pay for your purchase. Great concept. However, let's go to the common sense portion. People are coming out and taking the order of one person, going inside, picking it, coming back out, telling them the cost of it, going back inside, getting the debit machine, coming back outside, letting somebody pay for it, going back inside, grabbing their products, and then bringing them out to them. Whereas I was a server and a bartender for years. (laughs) You know, this is like serving and bartending 101. You're standing behind a bar. You're going down that bar. What do you want? 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 Okay, thanks. Make the drinks and then go back. Here's your gin and tonic. Here's your cranberry soda. Here's your sex on the beach. Here's your whatever. And you've kind of gone down the line and now you've kind of time management and, you know, killed two birds with one stone. Well, that's what I mean by like common sense is not so common and it it can't be taught. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that, okay, having a conversation with somebody, I think will, will go a long way. Now, this is a roundabout way to say, like, I don't really have a style when it comes to interviewing. I have my list of questions, but I think ultimately it comes down to the feel of, of the person and, mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. that conversation with them and, you know, making sure that they're not a drug dealer or, you know, a criminal of any sort yeah. <laughs> and, and making sure they're an honest, legitimate, hardworking person. And I think those are the kinds of things that you only get from meeting somebody. Mm-hmm. I recently heard uh, to keep going and interject anytime, ladies, because I feel like I'm on a ramble session right now. No, but I good. recently was speaking to somebody who said during an interview process, they like to have people come in and not just do it via phone or online, because they like to see that the type of car they're driving and the type of purse they carry. Oh, oh. I don't like that. Okay, but there's reasons behind it, and I kind of like it. Okay, do tell. Depending on what the job is that you're hiring for, especially when it comes to a millennials and entitlement these days, and I'm sorry to put it like that, but if you have somebody coming in that is, say, coming in for a, a, a basic position, and, or what's the word I'm looking Entry for? Entry level. Like how to, and then thank you an entry level type position 
a minimum wage type position or they're in about that but they come in driving a Range Rover or a Porsche or carrying a Louis Vuitton for example oh now how did they get that money to be able to afford those things first of all because how many hours do you have to work at a minimum wage job to be able to afford those type of products or do you really not need the job so that they're they're not going to necessarily be as dedicated and as hardworking? It might be judgmental, mm. but you also want to look at if they drive those type of cars or have those type of possessions, and maybe the rest of your staff comes from more humble mm. means, maybe they won't fit the team dynamic as well. Just putting it out there. I don't know if that's yeah. the case. I've never done it. This wasn't my style. This was a conversation had with yeah. somebody else about the matter. Wow. But I, I think that like one's it. a slippery slope because if like, I thought you were going down the track of like, if they show up in rags, that Me kind too. of thing, but you're looking at riches instead. But I think that's uh-huh. a slippery slope because if you're judging one end of the spectrum, it's human nature that you're also going to judge the other. Uh-huh. So does that mean if someone shows up and they come off the bus and their purse is a backpack or just something from Winners or Ross or something like that. Are you also judging them thinking, oh, well, they really need this job. They're going to be super motivated because they must be poor and I'm God putting food on their table. I don't like that either way because also it could be a gift. Mm-hmm. It could be family money, which, you know, judgments aside, that might not affect the person and their work ethic. Um, They could be like a sex worker on the side and that doesn't necessarily impede their work ethic as long as you know there's no criminal activity outside of that or like drug problems and you know them owing people money but maybe they have an OnlyFans to pay for those things. Maybe they have experience that you don't know about that didn't pan out in the past, but they had the ability at one time to pay for these things and they're paid off. I don't know. I, I, li- I like the, but I like that, that it's coming from the millennial. Yeah. Well, I just think it's a slippery slope. Like when you're judging the Lamborghini and the designer bags, it doesn't seem quite as bad, but how can you judge that and not judge someone showing up at lower class kind of transportation and clothing? then it's not a fair playing field. And that will just disproportionately affect people of color. I think it depends on the job. And I don't think race plays a factor at all, personally. Mm. I I think it's strictly you're looking at what the job is. If the job is an entry-level minimum wage, you have to just then question whether they're going to be as willing Mm-hmm. to work as hard and put in the time and work the overtime because typically especially as an esthetician we all know in order to build your name in this business if you have not been in this industry for a long time mm-hmm. you need to put in extra hours you need to stay yeah. late you need to come in early and if you don't financially need to do that you won't do that mm-hmm. and then you won't succeed in this business yeah. And so I think it plays a factor in the way in which they'll work. Don't get me wrong. There's mm-hmm. exceptions to every rule. Yeah. I just found it interesting that this was a way that somebody was looking at hiring people. And I thought it was really interesting. And it's an interesting strategy. 
but you can find those things out through conversation and asking the person questions. I think you should also respect someone's privacy and not, it's a bit nosy to me. I wouldn't want, I, I don't have a car right now. I take the bus and I wouldn't want to be judged for that on how I'm going to perform at work. I think those are totally unrelated. Um, I see the point and the idea though. I just don't think that comes from a sound place of mind. And that's my opinion, but it's fine if we disagree. I do think it's interesting and I could see how in some jobs it could be relevant, but I just think like we've got to come farther than that, than judging like the kind of car you drive, like real estate agents. That's a really thing like you, you might not seem as trustworthy to your clients if you don't show up in a white BMW, mm -hmm. but does that actually affect how many properties you've sold or um, how well you can meet your buyer's expectations if you're driving a Honda Civic or a BMW? I don't, I don't think know that if necessarily affects... the type of car does, but how clean the inside of your car is. Yes, might. you could judge other things yeah. like that, but maybe not the material good at face value. No, I know I, it is interesting though. I think I passed some judgment to hiring in Vegas. One of my concerns is when someone from the uh, hospitality industry, specifically mm -hmm. like the pools or the bartenders, come and want to be an esthetician or want to work our front desk. And I'm like, oh my God, like your tips are not going to be seven grand a week. They'll be good, but they're not going to be like pool money. Right. But you're also not going to have guys cat calling you and grabbing your tits and ass. <laughs> you're going to have a you know safe work environment that, you know, is, is supported. But that's something that I do. I'm like, ooh, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should hire this person because I think that they do have massive expectations on the type of money that they used to make. And I will be honest mm -hmm. that the people that I have given the opportunity to um, don't they don't last because they are used to that really quick cash money in high amounts for a short period of time. Um, but yeah, that, that's been, so maybe I've been a little bit judgy when I've looked at their resumes being like, oh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to, this is going to pan mm -hmm. out. And, you know, going back to your comment, Ash, about the car, I thought the same as Becca. I thought it was going to be, oh, if they show up in a beater. Yeah. Um, but I was put in that situation when I was like early, early twenties, like maybe 2021. And I was working as a manager at counter at, at shoppers. And I went to apply for a position um, with another company um, as a regional manager that what included travel, like you had to have your own car and you had to travel. And I was like, there is no way that I can show up for my interview in my little two seater sprint convertible, my yellow sprint convertible. Like it, it's like a little Barbie car. It's like made out of tinfoil. I was like, they're, they're not going to take me serious. They're going to look at the car. They're going to be like, we can't give her the job because she doesn't have reliable transportation. Like driving around the city, it was fine. But I remember being petrified. And I remember making a decision that I went, I, I called my mom and I was like, can I borrow some money? I need to sell this car and I need to get something that is, is more professional. And I didn't even have the job but I was so petrified on what they were going to think of me pulling into the parking lot. Did you get the job? I did. Do you think it was because of the car? No. But I bet you the car that you drove in with gave you more confidence. 
Yeah, for so sure. So that might have helped and, that way. And, and, you know, of course it wasn't like some BMW or anything like it was, it was a grown up car it was a four door vehicle. It wasn't a convertible. Um, and it lasted me like years in that job for travel. And, you know, with that role, I, you know, I got a car allowance and a gas card and stuff. So yeah, I was able to pay my mom back for the car and, and things like that. Um, but it just like, now when I sit here and I really think about it, what if I didn't get that job and maybe it would have taken me longer to pay back my mom. And maybe I, I really like driving around in a little tinfoil car. Um, but I was so worried about being judged that I wouldn't, I wanted the role so badly. So it, it's, cra it's crazy that you bring that up, Ash, because it's just like brought up a whole bunch of stuff for me on like, oh my God, like I, I, I was that person. I was, but Let's I was on the other side. Down memory lane. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Right. But then talk like listening to what Becca said, like I've been in situations too, where I first started the company, didn't have any money because I, I put everything into it. And one of the girls that I hired in a staff meeting I had, and I talked about, you know, watching the waste and being really diligent with only using what you need, you know, making sure that you're cutting the strips to a certain level, make sure that you use a strip for as long as you can, um, you know, not just doing one one um, waxing strip and throwing it away this whole conversation about waste and I said are there any questions and she goes why do you care about waste you're wearing $600 jeans yeah and I was Fair like your question though really <laughs> to your boss well it's inappropriate but it's fair uh, I don't, I don't think it was fair. And I totally thought it was inappropriate. And what I should have done was like, there's the door you can leave. Mm. Um, but I, you know, going back to what Becca said, she had no idea about my life before yeah. and, and what I did and where I had money and why I was able to afford $600 jeans or whatever they were. Yeah. But maybe those were your only pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. Maybe your, yeah. your quality over quantity. Yeah. So, you know, so instead maybe... of having six pairs of $100 jeans, you have one pair of yeah. $600 jeans. Yeah. So it's possible. instead of having 12 handbags, you have one that's Louis Vuitton. And mm -hmm. instead of driving a Honda Civic, you drive a Lamborghini, but then you live <laughs> in a really shitty place. So yeah. I think we just proved that maybe you shouldn't judge what someone rocks up in because Luba didn't appreciate being judged by what she was wearing and her pants. And in Luba's mind, she thought, oh my God, but she doesn't know the struggles I've been through. Mm -hmm. And I am actually really tight right now. Mm -hmm. But in this minimum wage employee's eyes, fuck you, you're the boss. Look at what you're wearing, you mm -hmm. know? So you can see both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, in an interview, that's what you're doing is judging. That's the whole purpose mm -hmm. of an interview is to judge somebody mm -hmm. and to figure out and scrutinize their life and their personality and their skill set and say, would you be a good fit to my team? Right. That's the whole purpose of an interview. So I wouldn't use the word judging. <laughs> but I think maybe I'm like I, I, a special snowflake millennial. <laughs> yeah, because to me, you, that's what you're doing. You are judging. Mm -hmm. You are looking at their lifestyle. You are looking at their personality. You are looking at their skill set and you are judging each area of that aspect and saying, okay, do you look the part that I need? Do you have the skill set of the, the, the person that I need? Do, does your vocabulary fit the skill set and the job and my team? Yeah. I think that's all you're doing is literally sitting there and judging somebody up and down. 
Now, should you be judging them for things that they maybe can't control? I don't know. But should you judge them on the things that they can control, their skill set, their work ethic, their personality? I think absolutely. Did they shower when yeah. they came, before they came in? What are they wearing? And not in a judgy way, because I've always said, like, you can go to a Salvation Army and buy a shirt for $5 and, and still look professional. Like you could make it yourself and still look professional. It's how do you put it together? So, okay. So just to back up a little bit, we're talking about, you know, the judgy side of it, or um, how do I want to word it? Um, I guess, oh, yeah. use judgy. Come on. I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm trying to find another <laughs> word for it, but um, it's crazy how much effort we put into it in looking, okay, let's talk about, you know, this person that Ash talked about, like I look at their purse and the car that they pull up in, you know, we're talking about um, the, the clothes that they wear and, you know, that they, what, when they show up, did they shower? Like, okay, all of this stuff that is a little bit judgy, but what's crazy is at the end of the day, there's a 50, 50 chance that this person's going to work out. Yeah. They can show up 20 minutes early. They can be dressed to the nines, not expensive, but, you know, put together yeah. professional show up in a Honda Civic or on a bus, whatever, whatever that looks like, but you still have a 50, 50 chance that they will work out. There are people that I've interviewed that are like, I, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be like my right-hand person. This is going to be, they're going to be able to help take over the company when I'm ready to retire. They're going to, they're going to grow so much. This is going to be incredible. And they've been the worst freaking person. And then there's people <laughs> where I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. I'm done interviewing. You can have the job. We'll see how they do. And then I'm like, oh my God, they've done really well. It literally is a 50, 50 chance. And you, and you don't know mm -hmm. until some time has passed. It's like dating. Yeah. Yeah. But come on, when you go on a date, you're judging them too. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> this episode is called Judge Judy. Judge <laughs> Ashley and Judge Judy. So in terms of processes, because we were talking about we have a manager, she didn't know how to hire in the way we were expecting her to know how to hire. What do you think is a good, not specifically to this business, but just like a rough outline that business owners or new managers out there that is in a hiring position should look for or should do? And then how can people looking for jobs meet those expectations at the different stages. I'm going to talk because I have chemo brain. So if I don't say it, I'll forget it. Um, <laughs> one, I think it's really important that you don't pay a ton of money to put ads out in specific areas. We've spent mm -hmm. thousands of dollars as a company to um, advertise with, or um, yeah, advertise with companies that are kind of known for, you know, getting better candidates. And that has not been the case. We still, to this day, use like a Craigslist ad as well as other avenues as well. I don't think you get better people from different platforms that are more expensive. Um, two, I think you need to have very laid out specific questions on what you want to ask people. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. They have to have an interest in the industry. Is this a job that they've come in because their parents are like, you need, you need to start working, go get a job. And they've just applied everywhere. They truly have to have some sort of interest in the business that you're hiring for. Um, 
And then I had one more and I completely forget. See, this is the chemo brain. Um, spe specific questions and don't wait too long to get back to them. Yes. <laughs> or just important. keep open communication if it is going to be a long mm -hmm. wait. Yeah. yeah. So those are kind of my, my top ones. Ash? I think that to add to that, believing if you are in some sort of a role or some sort of a capacity where sales are involved, I think it's important to ask them about the products in which you sell mm, and get their good. opinion on those products. Because I'm that type of person that if I don't believe in something, I can't sell it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that if I don't know a whole lot about it, I can't learn to love it. But you want to kind of see their facial reaction. If they don't know a whole lot about the products that you have to offer, then maybe talk to them a little bit about them and kind of just see their facial reaction as to whether it's a, a product or service or whatever it is that they can get behind. Okay, so I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to talk about millennials or people in general. People in general need to do their homework on what a business sells and if they want to come in and sell it. Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, I agree with that. But to a certain extent, there's only so much you can research yeah. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You know, if I applied for the job today and you called me back today for an interview tomorrow, I only have so much time to look at your company and, mm -hmm. and okay. find out a little bit about it. And when it comes to the products that you sell, Maybe you have the products you sell online. Maybe you don't. Right. But yeah. then I have to then go down a worm, a worm rabbit hole to research those products, which maybe I have time to do. Maybe I don't. But maybe I'm trying to leave the company that I'm already with and you're trying to get me in there the next day. So I think there needs to be a little yeah. bit of leeway when it comes to that. Just knowing a little bit about the company in general, I think it's yeah. a big deal. But to expect them to know about all the products that you sell, I think that's that's a hard one. Sure. Okay. Okay, Becca, what about you with interviews? And because are you fairly new to interviewing? Like when you started with wax or were you doing interviews in previous roles? See, this is so he, here's like a totally, sorry, I interrupted, but yeah. here's like a total example. Like me as Becca's boss should know this and should have given her the tools before I was like, hire someone. Yeah, this was my first role in the position of hiring, but I've done a lot of interviews as somebody on the other side of the table. And not that that teaches you all the like back end work that goes into it, but you get like a rough idea of, you know, what they're expecting of you, how you should act and dress and speak and the kind of questions they're going to ask because everyone asks the same questions. So you could have like a little kind of basic script prepared of this question, this is my answer, this question, this is my answer, and then customize it to whatever that role or that industry or that company is about. Um, going off of what Luba said though, you don't necessarily need to know the products they're selling. I don't think that's exactly relevant because you're gonna learn that on the job anyways. It's a great bonus if you know, and you're like, oh, I have this at home, I love this thing. Like it's truly something that I would spend money on. But definitely, maybe not when you apply, but definitely before an interview or a phone call, read the About Us page on the website. And if they don't have an About Us page or they don't have a website, do they have social media? Can you Google the hiring person's name? Do they have a LinkedIn? Do they, 
come up in news articles. I wouldn't check personal people's social medias. Um, LinkedIn is a great resource because people are expecting professionals in the workplace to look at your profile there. But definitely, definitely read something about the company and just memorize a couple different sentences or words that you see on the website or in the white pages or wherever you find this information and regurgitate it back to them in your phone call or in your interview. And not just to sound like a robot, but is that a kind of company that you would wanna work at? Do those values or mission statement align with something that you personally believe? And it is a bonus if you do this when you do apply so that you can include some of that in your cover letter. But if you're applying for dozens of jobs at a time, it can become a full-time job just looking for a job. But definitely read the website because I have interviewed candidates and I've asked them, oh, like, why do you want to work at this company? What's attracted you to this job in particular? And they'll be like, oh, do you do laser? Yeah. And I'm like, no, we don't. We only do waxing. And you would know that if you took two minutes while you were waiting for me in the front foyer, while you were on the bus while you were stopping to get coffee on your drive here. You know, it, it doesn't take a lot of time. We all have phones nowadays. Uh -huh. It's very easy to access a lot of information. Um, but I did not know how to hire from the other end. But I think I have pretty good common sense. So I was just kind of mirroring what I'd seen from being on the other side of the table before. Like, I know how to post a job ad. I know the kind of things that we would need to write about the company. I knew the things that I cared about looking for a job and the things that Wax Hair Removal Bar provided back to me as an employee that, you know, I, I, I'm not a business owner. So it was more like leveling with people being like, this is the staff discount you get. This is how time off works. This is vacation. Like the things that the staff or the prospective staff would care about. Like this is how much you get paid. This is how much kind of your tips generally work out to be. They care more about that stuff than they do about like in 2008, we started the company for a dream, you know, like that's all great and cushy. And it's awesome if you can find someone that reciprocates those things. But really at the end of the day, the business owners are looking for reliable people that will show up on time and do their job. And the employees are looking for how much am I getting paid? How do I get time off? How far in advance do I know my schedule? Do I get any perks? Those things. So I wrote job ads reflective of that kind of perspective. And then as I got emails in or people dropped off resumes, I'm not necessarily looking for what is on your resume as much as I'm looking for how it's formatted and oh. is it consistent okay is it all you the are same such font? a millennial <laughs> that is all I am thinking right now is you are such a millennial See, yeah. and, and I have a different I think and not necessarily in a bad way really like I, I'm like I feel like right now I could like this is a great topic because I feel like mm. I could say the complete opposite from so many things yeah. that Becca just said and it's more or less going back to the beginning of what you're saying of what you're looking for when they're they, they can research they can do if you are somebody who's looking for a job I'm just looking at it from the opposite side of things at the moment yeah. if you're somebody that's looking for a job let's be honest yeah you might have your top one or two places that you're like okay I really want to work for this company and you might know a fair amount about them but as an esthetician if we're talking strictly in the aesthetic world 
if you're looking for an aesthetic job, you're looking for an aesthetic job. So you're going to basically blanket your entire area within, you know, a 10 mile radius, a 20 mile radius, a 50 mile radius, whatever you're willing to commute every single place that may or may not be hiring. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of their names of the spas are so similar that you don't even remember when you say yes to going back or going in for an interview, what location it actually was. Yeah. And so I think it's hard to keep track ahead of time. And if you're somebody who takes the bus, great. You're on the bus and you can sit there on your way to the interview and, and do a little bit of last minute research. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody who's driving there, you don't have that opportunity. So to, I think, to judge, to, to judge your, your person on, they asked if we did laser and you don't offer laser. I think it's almost, that's an almost unfair passive judgment because they may have just come from two other interviews you don't know or have another two coming up and they might both have laser but they knew they were coming to one place that didn't for example they just Mm -hmm. couldn't remember in which order they were going so I think it's almost a little bit unfair to to scrutinize so methodically of like oh you didn't look as to whether we offer laser or not Mm -hmm. at least they're asking the question yes that's true I I would say I think that's all Good. And it depends on the job you're hiring for. Like how I go about hiring a receptionist, I'm looking at how they formatted their resume, the kind of cover letter they wrote, their spelling, punctuation, and grammar. Are all the fonts the same? Are they same color? Or are they copy and pasted from different resources? And it's not actually their true words. If it's an esthetician, those things don't matter quite as much because it's a hands-on skill and they're not I was going like, to I be really writing. hope those aren't mattering. Cause I mean, no, most it's different. Didn't go to university. Most yeah. estheticians didn't even go past grade 11 or grade 12. And yeah. so to be like, mm-hmm. all right, can you write a thesis and how well can you write it yeah. is almost unfair because I don't really mm-hmm. care. I don't give a shit if you can write a thesis. I want to know, fine. can you yeah. wax a beaver and how quick can you do it? Like, you know, your skill set that you're looking for is totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to keep in mind, like the kind of candidate you're looking for, what role it is, because different things are going to be important for a different role. And it's not necessarily their answers to the questions that matter. Like, do you offer laser? No, we don't. Is that the end of the conversation? How do they, you know, carry themselves through that Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, you know, it's, it's, I like interviews and the people I tend to push further down the line are people who I have a conversation with, not an interrogation with. So to Ashley's point, I do think that's fair to give a little bit of, you know, grace to people, but it would depend on how they are asking these questions or their answers to the questions. Do I think they truly are too busy, not detail oriented, and unmotivated to carry the conversation to learn more? Or is it, it was an honest curiosity question, they just didn't know, but they're good conversationalist. And then maybe the conversation turned into, oh, well, I think it would be a really good opportunity for you guys to bring laser in here. The last place I worked had laser, it was fantastic. I used this machine, this machine, and this machine. These are my experiences. Um, Have you ever thought about bringing it into the business? Then it's a conversation rather than, oh, I thought you did laser. And then I say, no, we do waxing. And they go, okay. 
and then that's it that you know end yeah. of conversation then I've maybe had- you're not the best person to be waxing someone for half an hour to two hours at a time when the clients are often uncomfortable nervous or shy and you need to be outgoing and have good conversation I've had interviews where people thought that we were a hair salon mm. And I'm like, I won't, I won't even go any further. I think the other part of it too, for anyone in management or business owners that are doing interviews is like, if it is not going well, do not go through the pages of questions just to get through it. Like just be done with it. And that's something, a mistake that I made at the beginning was like, oh my God, this is going to be awful. I know I'm not going to hire them. They're not the right fit, but I still have two pages of questions to get through and I need to conduct the interview. Leave the date, leave the date. If he's rude to the waiter, say, it was really nice to meet you. Thank you for your time. I don't think this is a good fit. I'm going to go home. Here's my half of the bill. Take care and good luck. Leave the date. date. That is so millennial. Crawl out the bathroom window. Leave the date. Get your best friend to call you crying or she's sick and you need to go pick her up. Leave the date. Okay. But I love this how Becca was like, I don't think this is the right fit because Another thing that I started to do, this was a couple years back, was I was going to follow up with everyone. So it was mm-hmm. a platform that we were using that had like a generic template that you could customize to be like, thank you so much for your time for coming into the interview. Unfortunately, we didn't think that this was the right fit. Uh, and it was worded very nicely, very professionally. And this would go out to people that you had an interaction with, but it just wasn't wasn't the right fit because I thought this is really good closure if they're looking for something else right like it's done I'm not gonna wait yeah should call this the Cinderella exit the shoe doesn't fit (laughs) yes I love it there you go um the replies that I got were vile I think I've actually posted some of them on my social media being like what well then you can fuck off you are missing out on the best oh person. God. Like they just like were, dating. <laughs> it was, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I haven't dated in a very long time, but they were so angry. I would get all this hate mail about how they are the most incredible esthetician or receptionist. And you are going to regret this. And this is all the education I have and all the training and shame on you. Oh my gosh. Blew my mind. I was like, okay, so we will not be doing that anymore. We just we'll ghost them, I guess, if we're not going to hire them. But I thought that was the right thing to do. So it's now eliminated an extra step, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Um, But, you know, going back, I think time is very important for everyone. So get out of the interview if, if, if it's just not going well. And then if you're hiring for someone that needs a set skill specifically, like, I don't know if you're going to hire a receptionist that has to type a certain amount of words per minute, per minute, an admin person, Um, an esthetician, get them to do the practical, practical Practical skill there. Don't bring them in for a second interview. And then a third interview, manage your time wisely. Like, Hey, can we just jump in the treatment room really quick? And you can just do a couple strips off my arm. I just want to see where you are for technique because that like that long wait time doesn't make any sense when you have a 50, 50 chance that this person's going to work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ash is like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to say something. <laughs> That's good. We all have really I'm different all, perspectives. You know, 
I'm I really like this topic because we're all over the place today like I'm, yeah. I'm loving this it's it's funny the different opinions that you can have when it comes to an interview process I totally agree I've been in an interview once where the opposite I had somebody be like you know what as I'm telling them about the job and the job description and the things they're going to have to do, I think I got to the point of like, you're, we all take turns and, and we're a small company. So yeah. you have to also clean the toilets. Yeah. And that was like their Cinderella moment. Thank you very much, but this is not going to work out. The shoe doesn't fit. and mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Self-awareness. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting somebody to be like in the middle of the interview, but I was like, okay, well, they saved my time. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it's better to find out then than three months in and Absolutely. you're pulling your hair out. And if it's going back to what Ashley said earlier, how like nowadays it seems more like the, the person being interviewed is also asking the interviewer a lot of questions. I think, and I'm a millennial, so of course, I think that this is a good thing because as much as you want an employee to work out for you, when you're sitting on the other side of that desk, you want a job that's going to fit and work for you as much as you fit in and work for it. So are you asking the kind of questions like, how often do we get paid? What is the pay cycle? What are the dates? What does it look like to take time off? Um, What is the growth in this role? Can you tell me about a time a previous person in this role um, got promoted and how, what, what steps did they take to get there? Those are the kind of, I like that one. Yeah. Gathering information about the job, because if you know in your heart, you hate cleaning toilets and this job includes cleaning toilets. And that wasn't necessarily in the job ad because the employer's thinking it's common sense. We're a small business. Everyone does a little bit of everything. It's good to know that on both sides and when you should dump the date, you know? It's crazy because I listened to this and I think maybe Ashley might be in agreement with me here, but I'm like, wow. I wish I had that opportunity to ask my former employees because I was just like, oh my God, it's a job. No one will hire me because I don't have any experience. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity to get in. And I just hope that like, I'm going to get paid on this day. And I hope that they're going to give me hours. And I hope they see what I'm going to bring to the table. Like it was Mm -hmm. totally fear-based, petrified of all of of my, Mm -hmm. um, of my bosses. Like, so when that comment came from the girl about the cost of my jeans, I was like, are you fucking kidding right now? Like Mm -hmm. I could, I could barely like look up and say hello to my boss. You're like, who raised you? It's just different. (laughs) So maybe it comes from a place of jealousy that like, I wish I had that opportunity to, to ask those questions, but maybe you would have had less poor experiences in some job. Again, I think it's 50, 50, on whether or not I your do job know is people be though too that if you ask if they have people that ask in the interview how much they're going to get paid they do not hire them mm, I've had that before too mm. depends that, on the job. that's one of those questions that you you don't ask until you're in the negotiation stage that and Ash, when actually, you're being we did that at wax when you were when you were the manager that was one yeah. of the things that if they discussed because we did three interview processes at that time um, three separate interviews. And if they asked about wage right up front in one of their questions, we were like, no, we want someone that wanted to be there for the love of the industry. Mm. It's crazy. But I, th- but I think it's a half and half because it's one of those things that if they're asking, they're probably serious about the job, but also yeah. if they're, it could go the opposite. Like if you're not going to pay them mm-hmm. enough and there's not any room to move up, Mm-hmm. Do you want to waste your time? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it depends on the scenario. I think there's so many different yeah. scenarios and it's almost yeah. like you have to, you got to play them all out in your head and be like, okay. But I do agree going back to what you had said earlier, Becca, about banter and about carrying yes. on a conversation. Yeah, It's always funny because any job that I ever left where I lost track of time and my interview ended up being like an hour to an hour and a half, I'm always like, oh yeah, I got the job. Mm. Like you always kind of walk out with that feeling successful. And I don't know whether I did get the job in all those scenarios, but you always felt like you were going to get the job. Whereas if an interview was really short, I was like, okay, there's no way I didn't get the job. Not a chance. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I, we can go into a whole other thing, but I think it's important to not necessarily like hire fast. I always say that it's important to fire fast because yeah. I've definitely learned a lot with holding on to toxic people that weren't right for the business. Um, but that's a whole topic for another day. Um, I think hiring in a timely fashion, and like Becca said, keeping the lines of communication open, making sure that you get everything that you need from them in the first interview, whether that be, you know, online or like on zoom or FaceTime or having them come in, not having them come in for like three, four, I think those days are gone. Like the three step interviews are done. I think they need to meet with one manager a second opinion with someone else reference checks. I'm kind of at like a 60, 40, because I really truly believe that it's like their roommate. That is their Yes. It their always person. is. <laughs> no point calling them. I'll find out if you're shit or not when you show up. Yeah. So I'm kind of, <laughs> uh, I'm not even 50, 50 and I'm at a 60, 40. I'd like to call references, but sometimes I think it's maybe just a waste of time. Um, keep in communication with them, get everything that you need from them ask specific questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like to like ask where they want to be in the next five years, like three and three and five years. Um, I always ask who their hero is. And that sometimes is really emotionally charging because sometimes they break down. Like sometimes it's like a parent that has passed away or a parent that, Mm -hmm. you know, raised them as a single mother. Like you really, truly get to see you really get to see a person, a person like the the personal side of it. Um, and if they had a, if if they had a bunch of money given to them, what they would do with it. Oh, that's a good one. My curveball question I asked at the very end of the interview, after all, like the businessy questions is tell me about a time or a situation where somebody didn't like you because I want to know that you're self-aware enough to know that it has happened. If you tell me oh, I can't think of any, like all my friends like me, all my past coworkers, we got along great. I loved my old managers. System. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a sibling? Do you have a parent? Do you have a best, like you've had a fight with someone before and then how they will tell you that story will tell you a lot about how they deal in conflict. Mm, and it catches really them good. off guard. It's so fun to like see people squirm and like, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's like another like if if there was an apocalypse what's the one thing that you have to have with you or if you were stuck on a desert island what's the one thing you need to have with you Mm -hmm. and that too will let you know how savvy somebody is Mm -hmm. and and what their work ethic will will be like like if you're like I'm on a desert island and I need to have a shovel 
okay, you're, yeah. you know what, you're going to be pretty resourceful. But if you're like, oh my God, I need to have like my favorite lip gloss. Well, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> in, maybe in this industry, it might work, but, but yeah, not you're others, not going to so. be too savvy. Um, have you guys ever had a curveball question thrown at you that you were in an interview that you were kind of like, oh my God. Mm. So while you think I'm going to tell you about mine. Um, it was like for the job that I wanted so desperately where I went and bought a new car or a secondhand car to look better for the role. Yeah. Um, it was an awful interview because it was an interrogation. It was good cop, bad cop. And I mean, when I say bad cop, it was bad. Like he was uh, a complete weird. dick. I did not think that I got it whatsoever. And I can't remember if it was him or the kind person, the good cop said they went like this. So those of you watching on YouTube, they pushed something across the desk and they said, this is a box, open it up and tell me what's inside. Oh, I like that. You, you do, I hated it. I, I, and I've, I've never though. used it. Um, you have to have an imagination. Like you have to be, what is it? The left brain. I think you've got to be a left brain thinker as opposed to a right brain thinker. Yeah. You're and more you on the creative side. Yeah. Yeah, like what type of a box is it, is it or you get to describe <laughs> it or yeah. That's a good one. But that would definitely like, that. like throw people off and now your confidence is shaken. But mm-hmm. oh. yeah. I can't think of any that I've ever been asked that are outside of like the normal questions. I think that's starting to happen more where there will be one or two questions at the end that's like, oh, if you were a fruit, which kind would you be? But all my interviews, at least that I can think of right now, it was just like, what's your biggest strength? What's your greatest weakness? Um, Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? Just though, I I can't think of any that I've had that were unique or that I was like, I hate the question, what is your greatest strength? Yeah. I never know how to answer that. I always feel too cocky. So I never yeah. want to say what I actually think. I'm always like, you know, yeah. I really like to work hard. And I, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist where I like to try to, you know, be really good at everything. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I find that's a hard You one. go, these babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone listening that didn't see the video, I um, put up my biceps and I kissed them. The guns. That would be good. Just make it funny. <laughs> but that is a weird one because you don't want to sound like you're not humble mm-hmm. and then with your greatest weakness too you you want to say something that's not that doesn't make you look super bad but don't say you're a perfectionist that one is not good my that greatest is weakness is always I wear my heart on my sleeve oh see and that's, that's honest good. that's really good wow because it's it's something that shows weakness but at the same time could be it good. doesn't affect the job that I'm gonna do right right yeah there's, definitely been, there's people that have said certain weaknesses like I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head but I was like oh hell no like I cannot hire you like this like I'm a really the, bad communicator like I, I can't get really socialize or <laughs> yeah that or like I think they said something about like they're always late I was like uh or I have I have really bad time management I'm always late I was like oh bye <laughs> this is done Ashley have you ever been asked a question that you were like not that I can think of not one that's like completely thrown me off um I I know I've had a few that were a little bit different but I I can't I wish I could think of them today but I can't think of anything that that stands out enough to to remember 
but it's been a long time since I've been mm. in an interview. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of wraps it up. I hope that we've given some good advice on both ends for being mm-hmm. the interviewee and the interviewer. I hope that we've maybe put some protocols in place for us that we've needed to do over a very long time. Uh, Before we wrap up here, I do wanna give a shout out to a couple of listeners. One is Sasha. Thank you so much for listening to all our podcasts and probably our number one fan, Mark Rice. Yes. Give him a huge shout out. He sent one of the most incredible emails that we got the other day about the the cancer episode when we had Moreg on from Oncology mm-hmm. Aesthetics saying that it was probably one of the best episodes we've ever had. And he's listened from day one. Yes. So thank you to oh, so nice. Mark. Yeah, he always sends us emails. So if you agree or disagree with what we've said today, you think there's something that we missed, send us an email to comments at betweenbothcheeks.com or follow us on Instagram and send us a message there at betweenbothcheeks. If you are a manager or a new manager and you are hiring right now or it's your first time hiring and you're not even a manager and they're just asking you to do it because they don't have anyone else because there's an employee shortage out there. A great resource that I've used as a new manager is askamanager.org. It's a woman named Allison Green. She's been a manager for like years and years and years. She's not too millennial, but she's not too traditional. So she's a good kind of center ground and she offers a lot of different perspectives and just about every situation or question that you need help with or guidance on she's a great resource she has a podcast a book and a website and it's called ask a manager love that mm-hmm. love it becca where can they find us on spotify apple iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to podcasts search between both cheeks if you are on an apple device though please write us a review it really helps the show we're trying to get sponsors and actually make a little bit of money from this podcast so yes, you can help us out on time <laughs> we'd like to yes. pay for the equipment yeah just the equipment we don't even need to pay for us just with the <laughs> microphones and you know the internet things like that and it would be great if we could find sponsors and advertisers that would match the things that you guys are interested in and what you're looking for and we would not be able to do this show without you so thank you for listening and downloading we're at 3,000 downloads right now and that is crazy that we even have people who listen that are not our friends or family <laughs> So make sure you are subscribed or followed on whatever podcast platform you listen on so that you get those updates weekly into your profile. And thank you for listening. Share with your friends. We'll talk to you next time.